Hi there. Welcome into Bob Seger Boulevard. I'm your host, Big Jim O'Brien. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, if you listen locally or you can listen online to WCSX radio station, I host uh, Big Jim's House Morning Show here in Detroit. Thanks for the feedback so far and everybody, you guys reaching out and listening as well. It's cool to know you're out there and, and, you know, I think it's unique for us in Detroit that he's our guy. He's, you know, we're all so proud of Bob Seger and, and what he's become and what his music's done for people around the world. And to hear and, and to see the, the emails and text messages and stuff and folks that come to the Motor City just to go by Bob Seger Boulevard and take a picture in Allen Park. It's fantastic. Um, this week, I want to get a little personal and share more of a conversation we have with Bob Seeger in studio. It's about a year ago, um, a little over a year ago, actually, when uh, he released the album, I Knew You Went. Now, hopefully there's some things that you, you, you know about this album. To understand it, I want to put w- what's going on in context. This album was a tribute to Glenn Fry, his, his friend. Um, Bob was, was Glenn's mentor. When Glenn and Bob first became friends, Glenn was in a cover band. As a matter of fact, if you go on YouTube and type in Jim O'Brien, uh, Glenn Fry, you'll find a video that a listener had sent me years ago of a very young Glenn Fry, like 16 years old, performing in someone's garage here in Birmingham, Michigan. We figured out the song is probably the Isley Brothers shout. We don't have audio to it. It's one of the old, what do you call it? It's little like the little, you know, the home cameras, the eight millimeter ones you'd have back in the day. But there's Glenn just dancing his ass off, man. It's fantastic. Now, he and Bob became friends musically. Um, Glenn, as you'll hear on the back of Rambling Gambling Man, the original version, that's Glenn. And obviously later on their involvement as they kind of worked with each other through the Eagles. But there was a time where Glenn was just a cover artist. And Bob had taken him to Ann Arbor. And they were talking about it. And Bob's the one who kicked him in the ass and said, you got to write your own stuff. you got you got to become more. And they, I think they were watching a band. And I don't remember if it was The Frost or who it was. But he said, you're going to get stuck here locally if you don't write your own stuff. So Glenn did. And Glenn even asked him, I, I love this part where he said to him, you know, well, what happens if it sucks? And Bob, I'm paraphrasing, said, it's going to suck, but you got to keep writing. And he did. And look what happened. So you can imagine for Bob Seeger, and I, I'm not Bob Seeger, but as knowing him and, and, and knowing the music and his connection with Glenn over the years, this isn't a friend. This isn't somebody who's a coworker. This is somebody who's you're his mentor. He's, he's your pupil. You're, you're watching him blossom and become one of the greater songwriters. You think about what the Eagles wrote and, and continue to write, but with Glenn and Don, come on, come on, get better than that. The songwriting. I mean, there's always, I've, I've played this game before. You can go and listen to Bob Seger songs and you can switch them back and forth. You go, all right, Hollywood nights. That could be an Eagles song. Uh, Tequila sunrise. That could be a Seger song. Right? And the way they kind of flip back and forth, and you can hear the influence. Now, obviously, on the song Fire Lake, you hear the Eagles. I've actually been told that there's audio, like completely produced versions of Fire Lake with just the Eagles on the vocals. Yeah. I can't get my hands on those, believe me. I've tried. But that's why when Glenn passed away for Bob, this was a huge loss. This was, uh, I mean, this was his guy. And and to see him taken so young. Um that's why I knew you when, when you're listening to this, understand when you're listening to that entire project, he had originally done that just for something for Glenn's wife, for Cindy and the family. I don't even know that it was supposed to be public. I think there were conversations. It was just going to be for them. Just his way of saying, I'm sorry. And I, I loved your husband, your father, Glenn meant that much to me. So when you're listening to those songs, you're hearing something that is very, very raw. So when Bob came in studio, and he hung out for well over an hour with us here. 
when we were talking, you're going to hear it in his voice after we're going to play a song. I don't screw the rules. We're going to play a song from Glenn Fry live in Dublin. Bob walked in with that on a CD for us to play. That's what he was listening to, to deal with the loss of his, of his best friend, Glenn Fry. So that's the whole umbrella as we sit in the studio. And we're obviously going to have fun with Bob. And, and we talk about things like um, playing shows at the Silver Dome and, and what it was like here in Detroit at Pine Knob. And he tells a great Ted Nugent story about the two of them playing in a bowling alley cave. I'm not joking. It's, it's well, hang with us here. So let's start off. We were talking about the title track, I Knew You When, and uh, the impact of some of the Silver Bullet folks like uh, Laura Kramer and Barbara Payton and uh, Sean Murphy, the backup singers. They had all pitched in on this as well. So that's where we begin. Welcome into Bob Seger Boulevard. Um, the title track there from I Knew You When, we were just talking about the Laura and Barbara and them and the vocals, the backing singers. Yeah. You know, such a part of it, but they soar in oh, this yeah. whole album, man. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, they're terrific. I'm so lucky to have them. So lucky. And they really put a lot, a lot into this because they, uh, two of them, uh, Laura and Sean, knew, knew Glenn uh, for a long time, too. And, Why do you know that? Yeah, yeah. And um, very close, we're very close with Glenn, so they put their all into this album. They're singing their brains out on the whole album. Now, Aaron, you've been watching like some of the social media. You guys can join the conversation as well on Facebook. Yeah. You can hit us up on Twitter. You can text 248-398-WCSX. I mean, you know, we don't have Bob Seger in studio every day, so it's a good chance to, to talk with him. But you were talking about we're getting questions all morning. Um, John wants to know if you really attended Lincoln Park High School. No, that's a, that's confusing. I played down there a lot. Okay. I used to play, I can't remember the school, but it was in Allen Park. But I had a band in 1972 for a very brief period of time, about five months, called, uh, there was a band named Julia, and they backed me up for about five months. And so I, w- I spent a lot of time down there with those guys. They were younger guys. And... Uh, and uh, I think, I, I, you know, no, I never lived in Lincoln Park. No. But that was the band I, show, I attended right? Ann Arbor High. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then Darren wants to know if you ever played a small club in Sault Ste. Marie because there was a myth about you playing a club called The Back Door up in the Sioux. Well, I can't say I didn't. <laughs> I, I know for sure I, I played Northern, is it Northern Northern Tech or something? There's Michigan, Northern Michigan, Michigan University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 there. Yeah, well, not that's in Marquette, but it, it, it's Sault Ste. Marie. I played, I played some university there, yeah. Um, Lake there, Superior State? Yeah, Lake Superior. LSSU. It could be, yeah, that's it could it. be that I one. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I played there. I always love the the stories, Aaron. One of my favorite ones that I've heard about you and and Nugent in a cave was that in Nebraska. Where yeah. the hell was that place? You guys <laughs> played in a bowling uh, alley cave. Oh, you love the name Festus, Missouri. <laughs> uh, boy, you want to have a sound nightmare? Try playing in a cave that's about forty feet high, and all the walls are stone. I mean, you can't hear anybody. You can't hear anything. It's just a you know. <laughs> And uh, but it was a lot of fun, you know, doing it. What was Ted, what was Ted's advice to you? Just play to play louder. Yeah, well, I was really depressed because of the venue, and he said, "Yeah, just play. You know, you'll get over it." <laughs> Power through. Yeah, we have to apologize to you as a show. We were at your sound check for the palace. We uh, took some listeners there. Oh yeah, and it really it, it really made us uncomfortable because um, we couldn't applaud after you were done with a song. So we're, because we didn't want to interrupt you, you're doing a sound check, and we were told like oh, just respectfully, right? Oh, I you can't clap. And we were in the back there. Was, we had listeners there, Bob. I was doing like, the air clapping. Right? I'm telling <laughs> you, darn. It was the hardest thing. The, the listeners were like holding their hands together like magnets, going, "Oh dear God, I want to clap, and I can't clap." Yeah. But yeah. you were looking around the palace that day, and it seemed like you were really taking it all in. 
It was oh, yeah. cool to watch them feel the vibe. Well, the last show ever at that wonderful venue, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I wish somebody would buy it. Actually, my manager thought about buying it, but because uh, um, uh, he he loves the sound of the building, and, and so do I. We call it Punch's Palace. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The Punchless. The Punchless. <laughs> 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 so you did Pine Knob, we did yeah. we, we did that one, and then of course we have to talk about another venue. Of course, you remember watching this on Sunday? What was a couple weeks ago? Ah, oh, the Silver Dome. That, oh yeah, only the Silver Dome wouldn't go down the first time. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Lions fans disappointed one more time on a Sunday. I went to the game where Barry crossed two thousand yards. You were there. Remember that? You had one season where you had yeah. two thousand yards. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. What was the like playing in the Silverdome? I mean, because we, we we had Jimmy Page on, and he described it as like walking Similar into an airlock. Similar to playing in the cave. Back then, uh, it was like we didn't have enough PA. We didn't know. You know, it's like uh, I, I remember when when I saw the um, eight days a week with the Beatle thing, and they said we had no PA, and we're playing Shea Stadium. And they had, <laughs> had nothing. And all I hear was screaming girls, you know, because it was there were 40,000, 50,000 people in Shea, and they had no <laughs> to speak of, they didn't know what they were doing. So yeah. you're in there in the Silverdome, and you just had to, again, crank it up to 11 and see what happens, right? Yep, that's about it. Yep. Uh, we were at the Pine Knob show this year, and it was funny, when you came out wearing that shirt the yeah, second half. I almost wore it this morning. I thought you'd get a kick out of it. Oh, my God. Yeah. People went Looney Tunes, Bob. Yeah, yeah. And what shirt are you referring to? Uh, I still call it Pine Knob. Yeah. Went nuts. <laughs> that was that was a great show. Maybe you get punched to Pine Pine Knob, too. Yeah. Punch knob? No, that doesn't sound uh, right. I think that's mm. still running, though. It is, people, is. Yeah, yeah that, that on the Caesars <laughs> on that. Yeah, yeah. It was fun to watch all that. But let's get back to um, uh, I Knew You When, the new Bob Seger album, and uh, obviously a tribute to Glenn Fry. Yeah. You came in with stuff this morning. We, we I just came in with one song that I really want you to hear, and I hope I don't cry before the end of it. But uh, then maybe you can follow it with I Knew You When, or, or with I'll Remember You. That'd okay, be, that'd be great. So Two in set, a row. Now, what yeah. I've got here is live in Dublin, Glenn live in Dublin. If you can yeah. set this up for us, what we're going to okay. listen to. Uh, this is during Glenn's solo career, before the Eagles reformed back in 94. And he's it's uh, July uh, in um, uh, uh, Dublin, Ireland. And he's got a bunch of musicians. And he does this old Irish folk song. And I think you're going to really like it. He just, oh, my God. I played it for my wife last night, and she teared up. I might tear up when I as I listen to it too, because it's it's so beautiful. It's just a tribute to his great artistry. Here it is, uh, Glenn Fry, Bob Seger in studio. Well, it's called Wild Mountain Time. Wild Mountain Time. Yeah.
in Dublin. I tell you, every time I, I start to tear up a little bit when I hear that one. Oh, what a wonderful artist he was. We're talking about Bob Seger in studio. I knew you and uh, the new album that's out now. and um, You can hear him. It's, it's kind of like, a. I think, I guess the whole crowd knew the song. It's kind of like one of those drinking songs when they're in yeah. the pub, you know, that uh, they do. It sounded like yeah. one of the traditional Irish like folk songs. Yeah, it's a traditional Irish folk song. And I thought it was a great choice, you know. Yeah. What, when Glenn became Glenn Fry, the Eagles Glenn Fry, and you knew him, and we always hear the stories about you and Glenn, you know, like going out towards like working, you know, helping with songs, you know, towards the end, Heartache Tonight, things like that, which you, the Kennedy Center Honors, Bob. Oh, thank you. For you to do that, and I can imagine not how important that was to get it right, and you, oh, yeah. you nailed it. You Thank nailed you. it. I was driving Vince Gill nuts. He was, <laughs> he was right next to me, and we, all we had was a curtain, and I sang it over and over and over, and he says, haven't you got it yet? And I said, you know, to me, the greatest tribute you can do to somebody is to sing it as close to them as you possibly can. I wanted every nuance exactly the way he sang it. Of course, it's my voice. It's different, but but I, I just practiced and practiced my brains out, and yeah, it was... Uh, um, I got a really nice uh, uh, thing about 
two days later when we finally got home from Washington, D.C., and Henley said, you killed it, and boy, that was I was moved. And, and it, you know, and, and it was really sweet of him. He was your student in a lot of ways, wasn't he? You know, well, yes, a little bit, because he was younger, I was older, and and um, and 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 we both played guitar, we both both played piano, and we both wanted to be songwriters, and we were both lead singers, so yeah, we we had a lot in common. <laughs> yeah, he took he played he actually took classical piano, Glenn. He's a much better piano player than I am. Yeah. Yeah, he took. He started taking lessons when he was four. If you listen to like uh, the Last Resort and and all those great songs with the pianos on them, uh, the Sad Cafe, uh, um, I can't tell you why. That's Glenn. That's Glenn playing piano. He's a really good piano player. So in the midst of all this that's going on, <clears throat> in the midst of uh, when 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 Glenn became the Eagles, Glenn, and here you are, your career, your world is taking off, just exploding too. Mm-hmm. How much joy did you take in watching Glenn become? This worldwide icon. The Eagles are going to be one of the most beloved bands ever, ever, Abs- worldwide. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, it, it, it was such a thrill, you know, because the oddity, and, and that band was so good. Like I said, the first time I heard Take It Easy, then I heard Witchy Woman, and then it's like, holy mackerel, these guys are great. And they all sing, and, and Glenn, basically, they'll tell you, he was the leader of the band, you know, basically. Yeah. Uh, he was very... He, they were all so good, Bernie and, and Randy and, and Don, that he took a lot of their advice as well. It was a band, but he was kind of like the prime mover. Yeah. There you go. Bob Seeger. Just more of our conversation in studio with him uh, about a year and a half ago, actually, after the passing of Glenn Fry and the album being released, I Knew You When. Wow. That song gets me, I don't know about you, every time. Every time we play it or talk about it, I've got it on, on my playlist when maybe you're thinking about someone or something in your life. It's just beautiful. It is live in Dublin if you're looking for it with Glenn Fry. All right. Bob, back out on the road for the final leg of this tour for the summer part of it, as far as we know, the farewell tour. Um, as we're recording this now, he's down in Texas. They're doing Tulsa. Obviously, six dates here in Detroit to wrap up this summer. Up to the summer, they'll play Pine Knob, as you heard Bob say. Now, what happens in the fall? I don't know. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, if you're Bob Seeger, you're going to wrap up your tour here in Detroit. However, he's talked many times about gigs like um, Sturgis, and they've never played the Hollywood Bowl. When you want to do Hollywood Nights in the Hollywood Bowl, and they still got that Tacoma show, they got snowed out twice, that they've promised they're going to get back there. So we'll have more. Sean Murphy will be coming up on the next one as well. We'll talk with Sean. Just an amazing voice, an amazing person to get to know, and, and her perspective on Bob Seeger in the final tour and her relationship with Glenn and the rest of the band, too, man. It's cool stuff. Thanks so much for being part of Bob Seger Boulevard. My name is Big Jim O'Brien. I host the morning show here at CSX. Um, I'm going to get a tissue or something. Damn, that song jumped up and bit me again. See ya.